Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. My name is Raul Rodriguez and also my co-host here, Billy Polyhan. So this is the continuation of last week's episode of Inside Out. This was planned as a double feature with Inside Out and Onward, but it went a little long, so I split it up. So now we continue to the review, the review of Onward and the conclusion of both Inside Out and Onward with the review and the link that I found between both of them. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode. Now we transition to Onward. Yeah, we're going to give our ratings of these movies by the end of it. Yeah, this is going to be a very long episode. So if you got a lot of time, if you got a long drive ahead of you, uh, thank you. Yeah, this is going to be a long one. So Onward, uh, directed by Dan Scanlon, if I remember the name correctly. Dan Scanlon, yes. Yeah, Dan Scanlon. And so Onward is about uh, in in a world, with every with all of the fantasy kind of like uh, creatures, kind of like uh, elves, dragons, trolls, etc. They all have magic in the old times, but as the time went on, people didn't want to use magic anymore. So, uh, purpose of uh, like in the if I remember the name correctly, like industry kind of industrialization. Industrialization, yeah, because Thank people you. started inventing things mm-hmm. that didn't require magic because magic is very difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. So that, and also capitalism, that's how it changed the magic of the world. And people didn't need it anymore. So we pick up, even though I heard a theory on YouTube that this is not even planet Earth, it's another planet. It's a very tough way to connect it to the Pixar theory. Yeah. And the Pixar theory is a theory that states that all the Pixar movies are connected in one way or another in one mm-hmm. big timeline. It's a very tricky thing to do as more movies are added every single year or every other year. The more movies there are, it's harder to connect them all in a timeline. Mm-hmm. But it's a very interesting theory that somebody just did for fun. Yeah. And there's really no truth to it, but it's really an awesome theory. Yeah, and I really like the way that, especially like so many YouTubers were trying to find the difficult way how to connect onward with the PC. It's like connect. It's like trying to make a timeline of all the Zelda games. It's very difficult. Yeah, and so we open like we mentioned of this person narrating, and just at the end says magic faded away, but I hope there's magic in you. And then we see the introduction of our main character. Ian Lightfoot, voiced by Tom Holland. And so he's waking up, putting a, a, an university, a college sweater of his uh, father. A college hoodie. Yeah, a college hoodie. And so he goes downstairs. He sees her, her mother, uh, Laurel, uh, exercising. That's going to be come back at the, at the end. By the way, his mother is voiced by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Her first Pixar movie since A Bug's Life. She was Princess Ada. Oh, cool. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. It's a Bug's yeah. Life, right? Yeah, that's, that's Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, well, I never saw Bug's Life in English, so I wouldn't know. Oh, but anyway, yeah, she's Ada. Oh, cool. Little Hayden Panettiere is Dot. Because I know you love heroes. Yes, I didn't know that. Should watch a box up in English. By the so, way, they need to bring back Kirby for Scream 5. Yes. 
Yeah, so going back to the movie, she's like uh, doing kind of like a exercise, kind of like dancing, kind of like she's a mighty warrior. Yeah, I'm a mighty warrior that's going to come back later. And then we transition into the kitchen and she's talking to Ian that she already is preparing her birthday. Uh, Yeah, this is Ian's birthday. It's Mm -hmm. his 16th birthday. So it's a big one. And so I really like that with all of these that you notice at the kitchen, like this an Aurora dishwasher, like something in the milk, like it's all fantasy base. All of the products around it. That's something and, I really liked is mm-hmm. the mix of fantasy and like, you know, modern suburbia mm-hmm. because they live in literal mushrooms. The raccoons are unicorns. Yes. The, the city is called New Mushroomton. Oh, thank you for getting that note because yeah, I, didn't, so I didn't put out that one. They're a bunch of, they're elves, by the way. That's mm-hmm. why they have big ears and big noses and everything. Yes. And then we get the introduction of Barley Lightfoot, Ian's older brother. And he says, a 16-year-old will be tested in the swamps of despair. They're almighty warrior. You have let it out. You have to let it out. And then I really like how Barley and the mom are so alike physically. I really like that kind of like parallel. And that's when we see photos of the father, it parallels the, the characteristics of Ian. Yeah, Ian looks just like his father, and Barley looks like his mother, mm-hmm. which is a good attention to detail. And Barley is voiced by Star-Lord himself, Chris Pratt. And then we're seeing that because Ian was about to move the board of Quest of Yore. And it's history- it's based on history, by the way. Yes, it's history accurate. And then uh, Barley gets, uh, gets the trash out, and then we get the introduction of Cole Bronco. Uh, Their mom's boyfriend. A centaur, right? He is a centaur. Yes. He's like, barley, barley, barley. (laughs) Working hard or hardly working. (laughs) (laughs) I will give him this. He does have a great mustache. Yes. I will always comment on people with mustaches Mm because I have one. And I will never get rid of it. (laughs) Willingly. Maybe. Uh, And so then. Oh, no, you're never going to shave my mustache while I'm sleeping or whatever. I'll kill you. Ooh. Challenge accepted. And so going back, so um, Barley is talking to Ian. Ian has the, the hoodie on, and Barley's like, I don't remember that wearing that. I was like, yeah, but you have like two memories of him. Oh, I have three of them. He had a scratchy beard. We always played a foot game. Like I always bump into between his feet and he answered with his feet. And damn, I, I didn't put out the third one. But the third one was kind of like, um, it was something like, uh, then we're going to go back to the third one. But then uh, Barley and the mom, they're like, uh, kind of like, uh, like fighting, like playfully. And then the mom was like, <sighs> and like, go get the trash. I skipped that oh, one. Oh, his dad liked magic. Yeah, he's that's where, Bar- that's where Barley gets it from. Yeah, Barley, that's why he loves Quest of Yore. And then Ian gets breakfast. He gets out of the house. I skip a little. He, because of Barley's clumsiness, he got a thread out of the hoodie. So he doesn't want Barley to destroy the hoodie because the hoodie only fits for Ian. And so then Ian goes to a restaurant. I really like the habit joke. That second breakfast always heroes. I, I forget this. Yeah, that was great. And so 
Ian meets another gentleman there that is tell, tells him the building life of his father was always recognized as being bold. Yeah, he was a, a classmate of his because he recognized the college. He just went, oh, yeah, th- this is just my dad's. And he saw Lightfoot, Weld- Wilden Lightfoot. He's like, yeah, that was my dad. And by the way, that man was voiced by Wilmer Valderrama. Oh, yeah, nice I know. Catch. You wouldn't have recognized it because he's not doing the Fez voice. Yeah, he's not. I was going to say that he's not doing the Fez voice. <laughs> we get a little hint. We're not going to skip ahead. But the the gentleman, Wilder Valderrama, he says, I'm so sorry. Well, what happened to your father? And yeah, so, we know that the dad had died before Ian was born. Yes. And also to give a personality description, Ian is very much, well, he's a high school student, very smart, but he's lacking a lot of self-confidence. Yes, and Barley is very enthusiastic and, and impulsive, but he mm-hmm. loves history and RPG games. Yes, so he would be great at Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> or um, pencils and parsecs if you're a hyper RPG fan. Nice. You know what that is. Mm-hmm. And so when Ian, when the gentleman leaves the restaurant, Ian says, "Being bold," and so he starts a list. Says, "Speak up more." learn to drive, invite people to a party, and be like that. This is a check of this. This is going to come back later. Yeah, Ian loves making lists, which Mm. is great. That is something that we have in common. We also have the self-confidence thing in common, even now. And so then Ian goes to the high school, and then we get that fucking troll asshole with those ugly feet on on his seat. (laughs) <laughs> I just put it on my nose, that fucking troll asshole. <laughs> that literal troll. Yes. And then we then we see Ian that he wants to he wants to drive on to do his drive test, but he's too fearful of merging in an interstate. Which uh, that's another thing we have in common. I used to hate merging. <laughs> I still hate merging, but I can do it. Oh yeah. Even though I'm bold and enthusiastic like Barley, when I learned to drive when I was 14, <laughs> merging was a bitch for me also. <laughs> oh, I learned to drive since I was 13. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's pretty young. I learned when I just turned 15, because that's when in the United States, typically when you turn 15 years old, you can take the permit test. Mm-hmm which will permit you, you can't drive, but you can drive as long as there is somebody else with you mm-hmm. who can teach you how to drive. Yeah, don't think that I had a license when I was 13. You, you, they will give you a license until you're 18. Yeah, no, you got to take a, another test in order to mm-hmm. get the driver's license. And that is a literal test. Yeah, and so then Ian couldn't merge. And then we see that he's going to do his... Another thing on the list that he's going to invite people to the party. And I really like the way that he's shaking, that he's like practicing what he's going to say. And I also talking about animation, the sweat detail and the skin detail of Ian and also on the other characters. It looks so damn well, like talking about the transition of animation and the evolution of Pixar is amazing. And so then, so Ian had this thing on his hand and then he got pretty nervous. Talking to this group of people, by the way. One is a Cyclops, one's a troll, one's another elf, I think. You know, it's a a bunch of them. This is where Barley comes in. Yes! So, Barley... One Guinevere. Which is his van. His baby. Like uh, the Impala from Supernatural. 
Uh, I really like the way that Barley dries and the way that he like hits the bumper. And I'm like, oh, that was so me when I was 18, when I already have my own car. And I really like, uh, when I was seeing this movie in the theater and I'm like, I want to sue Disney because Barley and I, we have so many characteristics. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> and I like, uh, I was like, kind of like, oh my God, I like, this is so much me. And I really like, uh, in the car, like uh, Ian feels so ashamed because of how Barley acts. Like he feels he was embarrassed. Like, yeah, he wasn't like he was embarrassed, and the way that Bar- Ian is like, no, 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 I'm not gonna have any parties, nothing. And then he gets into the van, and I realized, oh, uh, Barley was like, oh, wait, let me get rid of this, and then he puts a lot of tickets on uh, on the glove compartment. There's a lot of parking violations that yes. Barley has gotten that he obviously hasn't paid. Yes. And so I still remember when my father called me once that I didn't tell him about one violation. He was like, anyway, he's <laughs> back home. Yeah, he goes back His home. Mom has something for him. Oh, we skip a little. We skip when he's talking to his father on the tape. Yeah, he has a tape of his dad. He talks to their dad is actually voiced by one of the characters from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's a recurring character named Teddy. He was Amy's ex-boyfriend. He, he was also in She's Out of She's out of your league. She, he was that asshole brother. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's that's the voice of Wild and Lightfoot. You only see through pictures and through that audio. And mm-hmm. he was also the narrator in the beginning. Ian is talking to him, hello, it's me. And I was like, I, I need help. And then you only hear the laugh of the father. I would like to spend the day with you. And the father says, I know. It'll be fun. And he's like, okay, He has bye. listened to the tape so many times that he mm-hmm. knows exactly what is going to be said. Mm-hmm. when it's going to be said and this is really the only way he can connect with his dad and another data that we know in after that moment that barley is taking a gap year so technically barley doesn't want to go to college maybe yeah barley is one of those if it wasn't for his mom's house he would have he would live in guinevere yes totally and also another detail that we skip about barley barley is uh he likes to preserve he likes to preserve the old ways of how magic was before because because now how the city is growing, they're destroying all of the landmarks that of the old times. Very symbolic of today. And yeah, that's why that's why Bronco came over because Ian got arrested for chaining himself to a fountain that they're gonna yes. tear down by the high school. That's gonna come back later. Laurel, uh, Ian's mother, is talking to him. It was like, I have a gift from your dad. It's and for both so, of you. From both of you. He wanted to get you to give you this when you were both 16. And so Barley starts reading the letter. Yeah, sorry, Ian starts reading the letter. It's technically the beginning of the movie. It's kind of like the same narration. But at the end says, I wrote these spells to see how my boys, my boys grew up to be. And you see that it's a wizard staff. Yes. And it has what's called a phoenix gem in the middle. It's the thing that helps power this staff. It like enhances the spells. And so they're going to try to do the visitation spell, which mm-hmm. will bring back Wild and Lightfoot for a full day. Barley tries it because he knows all the spells and everything, mm-hmm. but it's just not working. And I really like that to the point where, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that detail too, that Barley knows the most about it, but he just can't do it. And then Ian touches it and then suddenly shit is flying everywhere. Yes. So he tries the spell. And he is about halfway through, you know, getting his dad back. 
and the gem just uh, breaks. It breaks, mm-hmm. and you can't finish it. Yeah, and- great because Barley walked in as well. <laughs> and what do you say? Yeah, he wanted to help. He was like, "Hey, I want to help." And so, but I mean, but like the expression that he used, and he was like, "Oh, sweet," and then I forget. Yeah. Oh, he says like, "Holy smokes!" But I forget he says it's it's in the, in the line of that. But I thought that was really funny. Yeah, but yeah. I really like out, they only get half of the dad, and it's the lower half. Yeah, and just to mention the spell, only once is all we get. Grant me this rebirth until tomorrow's sun is set. One day to walk the earth. I really like the detail also how Barley is trying to do this spell like five different times. And you notice Barley's disappointment little by little because he's not able to do something that he believed in so much that he always wanted to be in that old magic way and he doesn't have it. But when Ian does it, he doesn't feel resentment. He doesn't feel any pain. He totally supports that his brother is capable of doing it. The great irony is that, you know, Barley knows how to do it, but can't. Mm-hmm. And yet Ian can do it, but he doesn't really want to mm-hmm. because he lacks that self-confidence in himself. Yes. And it's also the fact that he doesn't really care. He's just trying to be normal. And also because at the moment when the father, when the fin- when the gem broke, Ian didn't want it. Barley's help in that moment. So that's also a little symbolic of how Ian and Barley are going to grow up at the end. Yeah, Ian wants to do things by himself. And so the legs start freaking out until Barley is like, wait, tries the (laughs) thing and the legs recognize it. Like, yeah, hey, dad, it's me, Barley. Yeah, that's Ian. So what they have to do, they got to find another Phoenix gem from the, um, the game that he has. They have their first location and they're going on a quest. Yes. To get the rest of dad back so Ian can talk to him finally Mm -hmm. or spend some time with him. So they're going to go to the Manticore's Tavern. Yes. They take Guinevere. They go on the highway. Yes. They leave a note for the mom as well. And I really like how the mother sees the note. It's like, I really like that the mother doesn't go into panic mode. She's like, I'm going to take care of myself. As she gets into the car, she tries to find what happened to, to to her boys. Yeah, it's a good mom. Yeah, I really like that detail. And then you see Ian and the van practicing magic. And he's Ian Barley noticing that Ian is struggling. And Barley says, You have to speak with your heart's fire. You have to show passion. It was like, and Barley being supportive because he sees how Ian is failing. And Barley says, It was a good start. And so Barley parks in the back entrance as we see in the car of on um, the car of the quest of your the, the tavern of the manticore. And Ian is like, Are you sure that this person can get us that map? And then we'll immediately will and uh, so then we're later gonna get the gem. Like, oh that he thinks that a quest is so simple. Like he was like, that's not gonna happen. And he's like, and do you need to tell me something else? Like, no. And they open the door, and instead of a tavern. It's kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> like yeah, a... It's, it's turned into a Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. So like, we have to request an audience with the Manticore. <laughs> it turns out she's the owner, and she's very, very busy. Corey the Manticore. Corey the Manticore, <laughs> voiced by Octavia Spencer. An amazing voice performance by Octavia Spencer. 
And so and uh, they have to visit her because she possesses a map to the gem, which they had, which she has on the wall, but it's yes. framed and everything. And she's not really, not really letting them. She's, she's only half paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because she's so busy. She, yeah. Because she's the manager and she's like delivering the, the different orders to the servers. And I really like that, that they was like, Oh, you, you want the map? Oh, here's the map. And he, and he was like, that's a children's menu. Okay, here's your crayons and gold your quest bike. <laughs> yeah. And, and through talking, she realizes she's just like, I've become so boring. Mm-hmm. I used to be the manticore. What have I done? Yeah. And then she she literally burns the the restaurant. The well, first the guy in the suit, the manticore suit, like you know, like the Chuck E. Cheese yes. guy burns that. The guy ends up okay. Thankfully, yes. but um, yeah, she's just like this place is closed for renovation, and she destroys like the karaoke machine and starts to set the place on fire. As a manticore, she can breathe fire. And a manticore is part, I think, lion, scorpion, scorpion, and dragon because um, of the wings. I had the, I'll, I had the I'll look it up. I'll look it up. It's similar to an Egyptian sphinx. It's the body of a lion, the tail of a scorpion. Oh, it actually has porcupine quills, which that's not in the movie. Yeah. I put it ahead on the pawn shop because she mentions what she's made of. But uh, going a little because it went a little ahead, I really like when oh, yeah. Ian is facing the manticore and he's like, but I, you were willing to take a risk. I was like, no, that was the old me. I was like, no, that was you, what you said. And you see that she had, it says, you have to take risks in life to have an adventure. And that's how she explodes. She destroys the restaurant. Yeah, because she realizes that her life is boring. Especially because you have that bitch. Cameron's like, I'm going to give a one-star review because the karaoke was not one that was not working okay. Oh, yeah. And I really like how Manticore's like, you don't have to satisfy investors, payroll. I was like, I like that comment. I like that kind of like that kind of line in the script. Yeah. And- anyway, the boys, well, the map gets burned. Um, Ian, he tried to do a levitation spell before that, which is a simple spell. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't. But the burning wood beam is about to crush the lower half of his father, and mm-hmm. he gets it to work. And he's just in disbelief. He's like, I didn't think this would work, but they end up, the map ends up burned. Ian and Barley, Ian's like, ah, oh, I can't believe, what are we going to do next? And Barley is like, ah, but we already have it. That's the kid's menu. Yes, but it's essentially the same map. And one of the kids already filled out the puzzle, which is mm-hmm. a place called Raven's Point. Yes. And then you look on the back, there, look on the back of it, there's a map to Raven's Point, which is up on a mountain. And he's like, oh, let's take the highway. It's the fastest route. Mm-hmm. And Barley's like, no, 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 we got to take the path of peril. Because yeah. on a quest, nothing is obvious. You never you the obvious the- choice is not always the, the right choice. Yeah, because uh, but, but Riley says, in one time when I was playing Quests of Yore, we never take the obvious way. Because then you will get stumbled into a gelatinous cube. <laughs> the gelatinous cube is great. And so... <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um... Laurel, the mother, ends up at the place, at the Manticore Tavern, mm-hmm. and finds Corey. And Corey is just like, oh, your boys are fine. I mean, I told them about this and this, and then I also told them about the curse. 
I forgot to tell him about the curse, <laughs> which is if you t- get rid of the gem, then a curse will befall whoever removed it. And I really like another detail before that scene when she's about to get to the to the tavern. She gets a phone call from Bronco, and he has a gym self. He's like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah, it's <laughs> the um. Oh shoot! What, I forgot the name dude? of the song. Also, I think it's uh that George Michael, um Kenny G part of uh, Never Gonna or not Never Gonna Give You Up. That's Rick Astley. Um, <laughs> do 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 do. Do, 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 do. I think that's what it is. No, uh, no, it's like, bing, 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 bing. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Thank you. Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. Marvin Gaye. Do, 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 do. Yeah. The classic sexy song in a lot of movies. So well, Yeah, because Marvin Gaye's music is sexy. And so then Laurel grabs that first aid kid, gets the manticore out of the cops, and then she takes the manticore with her. To go to start for Ian and Barley. And so they're already driving away because Ian already proposed to Barley that were they're not gonna take the 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 way that Barley wants to do it. They're gonna take they're gonna go on the freeway. They're gonna go on the highway because Ian yeah. is like what matters most is that we get to spend time with dad. But then Guinevere runs out of gas. He's like, yes. well, we got a full tank of gas. <laughs> oh no, that doesn't work. <laughs> so he's gonna try to use a spell, a a size spell. To essentially make the gas the gas plastic work. container. The, yeah, the, yeah the, the container bigger, which in theory should make more gas. Mm-hmm. I think that's a stupid theory because just because you make something bigger doesn't mean the gas inside is going to fill up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it will. It's magic. And it's a kid's movie, Billy. Yeah, it is a kid's movie. I'm thinking <laughs> too deep on this. We've been talking for a while. <laughs> so another detail that Barley says I was like, is you need to think with your a magic decree. A magic decree is a maximum attention as you're doing the spell. And I really like how Barley is like, no, no, no. You have to point your you have to point the the step this way. And you have to elve your giving him like the proper uh form and everything, but he's in return distracting Ian. Yeah. And so Ian tries it, but he ends up shrinking Barley. Yes. And I really like uh we go back to the splinter thing and Barley was like, no, 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 we cannot send this down. This is an always a staff magic in every fiber. That's gonna come back later. So take a as, shot every time that's been said. <laughs> the, the the like the checkoffs guns. So yeah, well, it's it's stuff that will loop back around. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It's it's essentially a checkoff gun. Yeah, and, and so they find the, the gas station. Barley is already in the pocket of Ian. Then, oh, yeah, the dad also is um, put on a dog leash because, you mm-hmm. know, the legs can't see where they are going. Oh, and, and we skip that they, they use kind of like a jacket and kind of like Yeah, a- they make a top half for him. And they go inside a gas station where all these pixies are causing trouble and they're biker pixies. Yes. It's hilarious because <laughs> there's like 20 of them on one bike. Mm-hmm. And the leader is Greg Griffin. Oh, nice. You might know as Princess Azula or Mandy from Billy and Mandy. You've heard her voice. She's she's the voice of Daphne now. You've definitely heard her voice somewhere in cartoons. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know that Azula, Daphne, and that piece of fairy was the same person. And Mandy from Billy and Mandy are all the same person. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they get some snacks, by the way. Yes. Essentially Cheetos. Is what they get. That's going to come back later. <laughs> and the top half unintentionally starts trouble. The pixie leader. Yeah. Then Ian fills up with gas. And then you see Barley, who had to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious because the key 
was as big as he was and he's carrying it like a giant board on top of his head he was causing trouble with the biker leader as well because he is like why do you need the bikes you guys have got wings that was a good point he he's like oh i'm not making fun of you just your ancestors you know you call me lazy no, i'm just calling your ancestors lazy what uh we gotta get out of here and then they of course like peewee's big adventure the bikes all tumble at the same time because they're all lined up and they fall like dominoes. then they run yes they run they get to the van and ian notices that because barley is is shrinking he now has to drive so going well, back first to- they gotta get in the car because of yeah, course they the keys in the ignition mm-hmm. stupid by the way luckily he didn't keep him in there too long or else the ignition wouldn't work oh they will have broken the glass they gotta find a way to break into the car yes they do ian has to drive because barley's too small and so he has to it's this awesome chase scene where ian has to learn how to merge right there barley's encouraging him he's just like you just gotta do it especially because that's the thing i'm gonna say because now ian because of risk and being in danger he now has to learn how to drive how to merge had to signal with your own hand because Barley's band doesn't have signals. <laughs> the signals. Yeah, and the O is onward. Instead mm-hmm. of drive, it's onward. Yes. Just the title of our movie. Roll, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I really look also the detail of like how yeah, Barley said it was like, focus, focus. Like uh, as he's driving and he uh, Ian has all of the fairies like going a uh, uh, fucking his face and he's still driving fucking in the traffic. Up his face. Yes, fucking up his face. Uh, Ian turns on the AC, gets rid of most of all of the they, fairies. They showed earlier that the AC just blasts like crazy. Oh, I want that AC. It's like a, it's like a wind tunnel. Yes, I want that and one. It's great. And then Barley gets out the window as well, though. But Ian catches him. Mm-hmm. They're on the highway and everything. And Ian, for a first-time driver, does a whole merging between five lines to get to the exit. He does. He does pretty good at dodging traffic. Yes. And so all of a sudden, Barley already the the spell wears off. He's already getting big again. And because he was on top of Ian, they speed up and they get pulled over by some cops. And they uh, are voiced by Lena Waith and Ali Wong. Hmm. You know, Waith was H in Ready Player One. Also, she's the Cyclops. And the other one is a fawn, Mm -hmm. and that's Ali Wong. Yeah, this was the big controversy is that the Lena Waith character is gay because she mentions, oh, me and my girlfriend have uh, trouble with our kid as well. It was like, and apparently that was banned. Yeah. Really? At 30 second line. At 30 second line. Yeah, quit patting yourselves on the back, Disney. First, you do that with LeFou. And then apparently in the Jungle Cruise movie, Emily Blunt's brother. Kiss. Yeah, the Rise of Skywalker one second kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not very good at representation. And so, or at least they they think they are, and it's it, awful. And so Ian and Barley are discussing how they're gonna distract the cops because they don't want their father's legs to get arrested. So Barley proposes like a cloaking spell, like discussing yourself is a lie. So you must tell the truth to get by. As long as long as you don't lie, the spell will be fine. So they both disguise themselves as called Bronco. Yeah, you know, that's another thing that you could connect because uh, the horse in Inside Out and the horse and the centaur, their two halves. They're doing the the old 
comedy uh, horse thing where one is the back half, one is the front half. Mm. Ian is the front half because I guess he's just better with people and doesn't talk like he is RPG quest like Barley. And mm. anyway, they talk and they're talking shit about Barley and Ian actually agrees mm-hmm. with it and it gets Barley upset mm-hmm. because, you know, they're like, oh, that Barley, he's a screw up. That Ian's a good kid, but that Barley is a screw up and lazy and everything. And he has to say, yeah. And then Barley notices that nothing changes. And he's like, no, he's taken aback by mm-hmm. a second because he's like, what? Because the magic doesn't lie. But then he starts to panic and then you can see it's Ian. And then, of course, the cops get suspicious. They're like, all right, yeah, no, call call Officer Bronco. And, then- and by the way, there's a side plot. Corey and Laurel, they have to get a sword, defeat the curse. Mm-hmm. And they go to a pawn shop to get that because Corey sold it off. Pawn shop owner is played by Tracy Ullman. Nice. Yeah, and tried to charge them more because Corey was mentioning how it's the it's the only one of its kind with its mm-hmm. rare metals and every, everything. She was going to give it to them for 10 bucks. Now she's like, it's $10,000. But Corey paralyzes her. Like, there's a, a thing with consistency is that Bronco, everything that he finds out, he calls his girlfriend, mm-hmm. he calls Laurel to update her on the situation, which is like, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. If you were, if your girlfriend's kids did something, you would, yeah. and you were on it, especially if you were the cop, you would do something like that if you cared. Anyway, yeah. Barley gets in the car. You've told me that you do this. It's mm-hmm. where you just silently just look pissed and you don't mm-hmm. say a word. You just turn up the music. Mm-hmm. And Ian's just like, Barley, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. He gets off, he pulls off to a stop, slams the door, and is just getting another snack. And he's like, I'm not a screw up. I know you think that, but. I'm not. And mm-hmm. Ian's like, what? No. And he's like, all right, magic doesn't lie, right? The magic didn't lie. So yeah, you weren't lying. And then you just see the legs in the back just starting to dance because the music, it's actually pretty good music. It's like 80s rock. I really like how the father dancing, it represents how to, for their sons to hug it out, to have on. Yeah. And they're just like, he is terrible. <laughs> he is awful. <laughs> he's got that dad dancing down. And- That's the thing I can do. And I'm, I'm a dad says, dancer. I can't dance at all. I'm, I'm going to teach you how to dance. No, you are not. Oh, I will. You won't be able to. Next year. We're not together, by the way. Like that. Like, we're, we're best friends, but, like, we're, we're not together like that. I know we sound like a married couple, but I swear we're not. <laughs> no, I was saying, as a friend, I'm going to teach you how to dance in the wedding That's, next year. I don't know. Anyway, they they dance with the dad and they're just they're laughing and yeah, you know all all's good. And Make Ian up. and Ian says, "I was like, imagine how the Taka would look like, and even body starts to do kind of like a face with the de- with the legs at the same time." At the end, they get says, to and then, and then Barley drives all night long, mm-hmm. and they get to this bridge. But um, the bridge has not been lowered, and the lever is on the other side. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to get over? Well, they use a magic spell. Mm-hmm. to create an invisible bridge which immediately reminded me of indiana jones and the last crusade yes. with the leap of faith because mm-hmm. it's a very similar thing uh it's called bridgeart invisia yes and which makes a bridge but you have to believe it's there every it's single step every single step mm-hmm. ian of course does not do this at first he has to tie the rope around him because they tie rope about halfway through it comes undone and barley's just like yeah just don't look back I have the rope. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you got the rope? Yeah, I got it. (laughs) 
And he's telling him to do that because he knows if Ian looks back, he's gonna he's gonna freak out. I really like also Ian's cockiness of almost at eighty percent of the of the way. He's like, "Oh, I can do this all day." Huh? Yeah, that's great. Huh? Keep moving. <laughs> and, and Marley almost cried. You can do it. And, yeah, and then Ian is just like this last step. He looks back and ah, <laughs> and then he catches it. You know, the one armed catch on the rock gets up. It's clearly shaken, but lowers the bridge. Guinevere <laughs> comes through and, and he's like, tell me. He's like, Barley is like, but did you? Because, uh, yeah, as long as he believed, which it makes Ian think, huh, you know, you, he gives this look like maybe he's right. And yeah. they follow or they realize the Raven's Point is not a location, mm-hmm. but it's literally this Barley is like, it's a Raven point. The Raven is pointing mm-hmm. somewhere. Look at where the beak is pointing. And so he does. And they find another Raven. So it's directions. Mm-hmm. That's something that Barley's good at. He's good at figuring out stuff because of his RPG experience. Mm-hmm. Attention to detail. At, yeah, it's a very good detail that and, he notices stuff like that, which is something that you do. And also because you broke up a little when uh, Ian says, I was like, how long did I did not have the rope? It was just oh, yeah, no, he said, why didn't you tell me that I didn't have the rope? I needed it. And Barley goes, didn't I? Or didn't you? Are you still alive? You're still alive, right? The worst mm-hmm. is behind you. Gives and, him that confidence to try again. And then we get to see Bronco. He messed to the he messed with the boys after they lowered the bridge. And yeah, I really he, the- he he tracked him down because mm-hmm. the back of Guinevere, his license plate on the back of the van comes loose and it it's on the trail. Also so this- he tra- he tracked him from there and he he figured out that they're going on that trail. Also, we skip a little, but Ian and Barley, before the moment of the bridge, uh, Ian is like, okay, we're going to go follow your God. We're going to take the path of peril. Going back, I really, really like this little nice detail of 10, 20 seconds of how the legs of the father, they move when they when he sees Branco. And Branco is also shy, like awkwardness, that the ex is meeting the new boyfriend. I really like that tiny detail in like five seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Barley's like, no, we're not going to go with you because you know, Bronco appropriately is like, you're worrying your mother. I'm taking you guys home. All right. You're not going to be in trouble, but you're just going to go home. I'm going like, to come to give you the count of three. Clops the hoof <laughs> or clops the hoof. Two. And then Ian's like, okay, guys. Or he's like, we, we got to do this. Mm-hmm. He's a cop. You know, because Ian's the good kid. Mm-hmm. They get in the van. What are you doing? I don't know. Ian <laughs> slams the gas and goes away from him. But they didn't know that he called in reinforcements, mm-hmm. that Bronco called in reinforcements. So they're getting chased by the police. It's like a highway chase. And they follow the ravens and everything. Or they, they, they're trying to get to that other raven, but mm-hmm. they have to take a detour. And they go on that detour, and it looks like it's great, until they reach a dead end. And then they try to go the other way, but the cops are already on them. So... Ian tries to use the lightning spell, which is the hardest spell, to blast some rocks, but he can't do it. And so Barley, in a quick thinking, sacrifices Guinevere. Mm-hmm. He crashes his van into the rocks, so the rocks will fall. He gives a salute, pl- has a playlist, which is like Rise of Valhalla or something. It's a pretty awesome, badass way to yes. go for a beat-up old van. Even the way that it's galloping. <laughs> one of the tires goes yeah, out. Yeah, one of the tires pops and then it like gallops. Yeah, then they just go, they follow the raven mm-hmm. statues and some awesome cinematography, some awesome like lo- 
um, far away shots. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and you see in the sky that there's like a plane and everything to show that it's still in modern time, quote unquote, modern time. So they I... get to the end, the Raven's pointing down, and then it turns out, Ian figures out that in the reflection, like he dusts off a c- circular disc thing on the floor. Mm-hmm. He sees through the reflection that it's pointing at this part in the mountain. So he presses that part and it turns out it's a piece. And it says that through the waves or it's or it indicates through these waves, then you'll find the gem. So it's essentially the treasure map. They find a river right next to it and they realize they got to go down there. So they're running out of time as well. Yeah. And so but Ian says, it was like, how we're going to get to this river? It couldn't go for miles. And then uh, Barley starts on one of the Cheetos. And you they use make, what we got. Yeah, we need to use what they got. And so they make the Cheeto way bigger. And so they're already and so they're already on the on the Cheeto. They're using it as a as a cruise. Sorry. As a boat, which he a also boat, uses sorry. a spell to propel it forward. And they're playing catch with parts of the quote unquote boat yes. and everything. And they're having a good time. And yeah, they're having a good time. Barley is like yeah, and it'll be nice to talk to dad again, have more than four memories of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you said th- you have three memories. Barley, mm-hmm. is there one that you didn't tell me about? Yeah, but it's not, it's not my favorite. It was the last time he saw his dad. He said he was like really sick. And he was hooked up to all these tubes. And it was time for me to say goodbye but I couldn't. And so he was emotionally unable to bring himself to say goodbye to his dad when he was in the hospital, which is oddly enough, something he's had experience with before with like, you know, Chris Pratt as mm-hmm. a star Lord, the yes. same thing happened. So there's something about Chris Pratt and not being able to say goodbye to a dying parent in a hospital. Mm-hmm. It really works because mm-hmm. the emotion in that voice was like, it was good. Yeah. The final obstacle it's, they're in the surface in this awesome hall of statues that reminded me of Shazam. Also, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, or Lord of the Rings. Also, Barley at the end, when he's saying that thing about his father, he says, I decided to never be scared again. So that's why he's so gung ho about everything because mm-hmm. he's not scared. Yeah. Because he was already scared and he felt so bad that he never got to say goodbye to his dad, that he vowed never to be scared again. That he will always take initiative. He will be responsible. He will never be fearful again. And so they get to the Indiana, the other Indiana Jones sequence, kind of like in Raiders of the Lost Ark with all of the spikes. And then we get to the, the gelatinous mother, cube. The motherfucking gelatinous cube. Oh my it's God. It's huge and it's green. And it looks like jello. Yes. And so they run away. They don't have time to do all of the tests. They get some shields. They run away from the gelatinous cube. So it's they, they pull an Indiana Jones, sort of. Yeah. Or they, they pull an Indiana Jones, sort of. Indy didn't have a shield, but mm-hmm. they both have shields. So like, ah, they mm-hmm. get some. Then there's some spikes. But Ian uses barley as like a stepping stone for him. Yes. His, or he uses the levitation spell mm-hmm. first for barley so he doesn't fall on the spikes and then gets him up to the surface as well and gelatinous cube goes to the spikes it's a square it doesn't have legs and so then they get to another chamber but this chamber starts filling up with water and and barley's like oh we can't step on that Mm -hmm. button that's in front of them that's the water symbol it actually turns out they did Mm -hmm. but i mean i mean you can't blame barley yeah because it's about decoding 
what they have, the clues that they have. Barley tries first as an older brother, protecting his younger brother. He tries first to stem on the step and he's still like the, the other chamber. Yeah, they're open. rising to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like it's filling up. They're, they're going to drown if they can't get out. Barley steps on it initially, but he can't do it because he can't hold his breath that mm-hmm. long they're they're like oh neither of us can do that they get the dad because he's only the lower half he doesn't have a top half so he doesn't really need to breathe so it's just at the last moment but thankfully the the leash comes in handy to where they can position him mm-hmm. to step on the button and then they bring them all up to the surface yeah it says ian says like we have followed the quest to victory and then they open the hatch the hatch thank you they and it turns the out it's in the middle of the road right in front of the high school that mm-hmm. Ian goes to. So essentially, they went on a wild goose chase. And Ian, of course, is frustrated at this. He's just like, you are a screw-up, Barley. And Barley's like, no, 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 we got to keep, there's got to be something in there. We could have been in the mountain hours ago. You are a screw-up. You screwed up the one thing I never had. And I yeah, realized- he's just pissed because Barley advice, it turns out, it essentially, mm-hmm. was a lot of wasted time, which is something that I relate to and in that because I hate having my time wasted. That's the worst thing you can do. And so I really like that detail, even though you don't see Barley's emotion in that moment, but you can notice that the voice that he he gets hurt when Ian says that. Yeah, and earlier he did say, hey, I want to talk to dad too. You know, you're not the only one. And so Ian says, I'm going to have the last moments that I have with him. He takes the legs, uh, the, the, the leash, sorry, the dog leash. And so Barley sees the fountain and has that clue. It was like, was to follow the water? And he's looking desperately between the water. Yeah, follow the water to the gem. So the construction workers was like, oh, we have the we have the history geek again. And I was like, when we're going to call the cops. By the way, one of the workers, the Cyclops worker is John Ratzenberger. And in Inside Out, uh, one worker that puts in the new expanded board that's also John Ratzenberger because he's in literally every single Pixar movie. That's something yeah. that I didn't knew. That's pretty yeah. cool. They're not as obvious now. Oh well, for me it's a new, it's a new, it's a new data for me. So Barley looks at the fountain. He's crying, and then uh, Ian sits down with his father on the edge at this beautiful spot. By the yeah, way, yeah, really it's beautiful, like spot. the perfect view of Looking- the sun. Looking at the sun and the ocean, the 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 sun is almost down, like it's almost gonna be nightfall. And so Ian is checking the list. He's crossing off stuff, like like crossing them out, not checking them off the mm-hmm. box, because he and, he doesn't he knows he's not gonna have any time to do any of this stuff with his dad. And so then he looks at driving lesson, and he starts to remember the moment that happened just now in the freeway. When they, when he learned how to merge, how to focus on the highway, and then he crosses the other one that says catch, and remembers that they were playing with the Cheetos. Essentially, he starts checking off the list, mm-hmm. and he comes to realize that Barley has been his father figure, been more than just his brother. He's been his father figure, somebody he can look up to because he's always there encouraging him, you know, being that presence in his life because his dad couldn't. And it wasn't his dad's fault. Illness took him. His dad would have done that stuff if that disease 
the unnamed disease, which we will never know, assume that it's cancer? Because it sounds something very similar to like what would happen if you got cancer. You know, you're in the hospital, you're hooked up to all the machines. Mm-hmm. I could so, be wrong, but. So at this moment, and the last one that when the thing you just said, when he says, share my life with him, is when I, Ian finally realizes that his brother was always his father. This moment was pretty sad for me because. I'm an older brother. I didn't expect this movie to go into that way because as I mentioned, we decided out and we would get to the conclusion of both movies. When I was 10 years old, when I lost my my joy, my childhood innocence, I also had to prepare myself to be the father figure for my sister. So this is why this moment hit me really hard because I needed to get ready. What if my parents died all of a sudden? If I lost everything? It will turn into this in the street. But this is why this moment in now work hit me really hard. Because for me, as an older brother, even right now, I'm still overprotective of my sister. I'm going to be worried about her, even though she's already 27 years old and I'm 31. That's 81. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and I really love that moment because when I saw the trailer for this movie, I did not expect that at all. I did not expect the message of this movie to be that, that you can find a father figure or a mother figure in another person that is not the usual father figure. So that's why it took me by surprise. I was sitting in the theater and this guy was looking at me of how much I was crying because I did not expect that at all. Like I I was joking. It sounds like a joke, but I was like, my shirt was kind of like full of tears that day. And so the next scene, Ian finally finds out the clue. No, Barley finds-, finds out the clue. Ian realizes that Barley is his father figure. Mm-hmm. He's going back to him. Barley has found the gem. And he Because he realized first. that piece of the mountain is, a, is it's essentially it's, it's a key. He to puts it in the fountain and it reveals where it reveals the gem. So Barley takes the gem, but that triggers the curse. And it's red smoke and everything. And, and then it, it takes part most of the high school and mm-hmm. turns it into this golem creature that will try to get that gem back. It's protective of that gem, I guess. It's going after Barley because he has the gem. And then Barley distracts the the dragon uh, with one of the light bumpers from Guinevere. Yeah, it's the only piece like of Guinevere that he has left. Yeah, and so then the, the dragon does a barrier of fire. And that's in this exact moment, the manticore shows up with Laurel. And they start battling with the with the yeah goblin. because earlier they crashed their car because a pixie flew into it and, and now the manticore is already flying. Corey is flying with Laurel with the heavy ass sword. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, they get to another part of the kind of like where the where the high school is when you can see the ocean. Another part of the uh, kind of like yeah the, yeah yeah it's towards mm-hmm. the edge of a of a cliff. Yeah. Thank you, a cliff. I was trying to look up for the word in English. So they're already on the cliff, and there was like, "Here's the gem. Here's the staff." And then uh, Barley is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go distract them." And says, "Barley says, say hi to that for me." And Ian says, "Like, no, no, no. You have to say goodbye. I already have someone who pushed me to be more what I'm supposed to be. I never had a dad, but I always had you." Really good line right there. So mm-hmm. yeah. Ian is bringing back the dad. The mom and Corey are fighting the golem, which they are knocked down. And then she comes to the side of him yes. doing the exercises that she did earlier. 
Yeah. Uh, saying to herself, I am a mighty warrior. She stabs the sword into the heart of the mm-hmm. creature and she's just keeping it at bay while Ian is reforming the rest of his dad, of his and Barley's dad. Then, of course, she can't hold on anymore. The creature reforms and Ian has to fight the golem while Barley gets to talk Say with goodbye. his dad. Ian loses the staff over the cliff and then he realizes, oh, he's got a splinter in him. Mm-hmm. Every fiber is magical. So mm-hmm. he gets finds a magic spell to make a new staff and he uses all of his magic to defeat the golem and the golem debris blocks him from going up there himself but he does get to see through a hole his dad and barley talk i thought that was great because it was all done entirely with no dialogue not at all the music in a really nice beat the detail and then barley it's all done after his fat after their dad fades away Mm -hmm. dusted away like bing bong (laughs) and so he gets in they're right on the top of the rubble and he says what he said he said that his wizard name will be wielding the whimsical (laughs) yeah that was something that (laughs) we skip over a little that was ian talked about that with barley on the boat ride Mm -hmm. like what are you gonna ask dad and he's like i want to know what his wizard name was because he was into that stuff and Ian says, oh, oh, that's a horrible name. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's very proud of the person that you grew up to be. And Ian says, oh, that to you. He said that too. But he told me to give you this. And they hug and he gives him a hug. That's and it's a very nice that hug. That made me cry a lot. That, that scene. Going I didn't this. cry, but I was close to it. So then we fade away. It has been some time, maybe. Maybe a few months or weeks. Much like Inside Out, everything has changed for the better. Ian mm-hmm. is more confident, and he has brought encouraged magic mm-hmm. again. Also, Ian learned how to take risk. Yes, he did, and he got. And Barley has Guinevere the second, with a really nice paint job of both of them on a unicorn. Yeah, Ian's got some friends. You know, he got a better relationship with uh, Bronco, who, by the way, grew some amazing hair. Some Fabio hair. (laughs) Fabio hair, for sure. (laughs) Doesn't need his car because he was born to run. And we have a 8113 in progress. The final shot of the movie is they're already in the van. They're going to go to the park. And Ian makes the van fly away as we see photos of the father, photos of Barley as as a kid, and Barley and Ian as children, as little children, with the mother. And that's the final shot of Onward. This is what I see that they both share. And then you're going to tell me what you think is the thing that both movies share. Anybody still here? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I think we were already like two hours long. Oh, geez. This is our Uh, longest episode by a long shot. Yeah. And so this is really quickly. I didn't put it that much. I think that inside out and onward, they both share early loss in childhood. As we mentioned in both movies, talking about childhood innocence, because Riley lost that because of moving. Bing Bong represents also the loss of innocence, as also Joy lost her old way of living, that she was only going to be the boss, and at the end she needed to learn that all the people can have different emotions. But in onward, it also represents how Barley needed to step up when he lost his father without even realizing he was always going to be the father figure of Ian. So when he lost that childhood innocence, that's when he, 
that's the thing that I see in both movies that represent that when you lost innocence, you have to be an adult pretty early on. But in, in the case of Barley, he still have a little child in him because he still believe in history. He believe in magic. But at the same time, he needed to show that he wanted to be an adult. And thus he raised his brother in his own way. His brother noticed, like also with Joy, when she learned how to take a risk and make sadness to be in control and how to merge those emotions and learn how to take risks as his brother and to never be fearful and to be both of them, Ian and Barley, to be together, to grow up together in a better way. So that's the link that I see between both movies. That's a great link. Mm -hmm. I also noticed that this is something that a lot of Pixar films do is a lot of the times it's duos. Mm-hmm. Think about it, Buzz, Woody, Mike, Sully, Joy, Sadness, Barley, and Ian. There's a lot of duos. Um, mm-hmm. Miguel and Hector and Coco. Mater and the Mater and Lightning. Mm-hmm. At least the first cars. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not as prominent. It's mostly Lightning in that movie. But you, you can tell. You can tell. You can make a lot of uh, stories on duos. Like you, mm-hmm. one is one way, one is the other. It's like the odd couple. They balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Another thing I noticed that both these movies have is neither of them really have any villains. Mm-hmm. Onward, there's really no big villain. I guess you could say, like, there's no main antagonist. Yeah. There's not a Hopper or a Mr. Waternoose or a, um, shoot. What is, what's the guy name? Who's Benjamin Bratt and Coco? Um, oh, oh, fuck. Based on um, that one dude, Pedro. um, Uh, Yeah, uh, I call him Pedro Infante, but I don't remember the character's name in Coco. What was his name? Right, that's going to kill me. (laughs) Pedro Infante. You can Google it up, but he's based on Pedro Infante. Who was a very famous Mexican singer. Singer. And you you get the point, Mm -hmm. is that there is no main antagonist, and that really the conflict is internal, and Mm -hmm. it deals with a lot of internal emotions. But they're made external. I said this Mm -hmm. earlier. And I think that that's great because that just shows that you're evolving your storytelling, mm-hmm. that not every film needs a clear bad guy or your own worst enemy. And it's a lot like life. There's not always a clear bad guy. Sometimes it's just you grow from that, much like how Pixar is growing. And I'm glad that they're both really original films. They're not spinoffs or prequels in some cases. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's just great pixar still has its storytelling it might not be as strong as they're taking risks again Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that a lot of studios should do that's what disney should do they should start taking risks again because that is when their best stuff happened look at the disney renaissance they need to stop with these live action cash grabs Mm -hmm. because it is killing not only their reputation but it's eventually going to kill their box office because i guarantee you mulan is not doing great also disney let people take risks with Star Wars. Don't do an episode nine again. Yeah, just look at the box office of Star Wars, how much it dropped. Yeah, it might so, seem like a lot, but trust me, it's going. there is going to be a dropping off point. I think Mulan is that dropping off point right now. Well, also it was the pandemic also. Anyway. Yeah, that's certainly not helping them. Mm-hmm. But I think even then, I mean, it, it probably would have made money. What do I know? So Thankfully, as- this pant. This is actually something that I'm glad the pandemic is doing. It's finally stopping Disney from making 
billions of dollars on these shitty remakes. I'm, I'm glad Pixar is still doing this. Mm-hmm. I hope Soul is like Ratatouille rather than Inside Out. I have a. Yeah. I really, really hope that it's more Ratatouille than Inside Out because if it goes Ratatouille, it could be one of their best movies, especially since it's a black lead. You never have seen that in a Pixar movie. You don't see it in many movies. You're mm-hmm. starting to see it now, thankfully. Mm-hmm. They're few and far between. And it has. It, it's not like it's dealing with race mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just a straight up story. So, Billy, do you have any other final conclusion as you can see another thing uh, that will link? No, I probably could together? talk about this for another hour, but <laughs> honestly, I I'm just gonna give I'm gonna give Inside Out a ten mm-hmm. out of ten. I'm gonna give Onward a um I'll give it an eight. Nice. It's still re- I, I still think it's very good. It's not as bad as people say it is. There are some problems. It can be a bit formulaic at first. Mm-hmm. You know, a typical buddy road trip movie, but I think that it has a lot of heart. Yeah, its heart is in the right place, and I'm glad you talked about you talked me into doing this. I don't know how you're going to edit all of this, but I think it's going to be a long one. Uh, I don't know who's going to listen to all of it, but if they do, thank you. And I'm going to give the shout out mm-hmm. to our friends Joe and Ashley Davis because oh. onward, and our friend Joe loves rpgs mm, nice they're, they're both teachers as well mm-hmm. so you know the high school i thought of onward when i thought of this i thought who can i shout out oh yeah joe and ashley they're two mm-hmm. of our oldest friends we met through screen junkies mm-hmm. and they're real they're like some of the smartest people i've ever known and yeah this one is for the both of them nice plug and also if i will rate the movies i will give you inside out at, in the, at 11 i consider out of 10. yes I consider Inside Out a perfect movie. It's still my favorite Pixar movie ever. Really? More than Onward? Because this is my only nitpick with Onward. I think Onward needed to be longer. Onward was an hour and 42. For me, for sure. <laughs> but it's Look still- it up. Okay, for me, Onward needed to be longer. I think they needed. They, I think we needed to know more about more about the world and to, need, to know a little more, more about the characters. But I still love the message of it about father figures and the loss of childhood. So onward, I will give it a 10 because you know me, I'm pretty based when I rate movies on emotion. So for me, onward, it made me laugh, made me cry, it made me cheer. So still onward is my favorite movie of 2020. I love this movie. This is my very, eighth. Very low bar in 2020. Hey, they had, like, I get what you're saying though. It's, it's, Top five for me this year, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's not only because 2020 has been crappy and we didn't have a lot of movies, but for me, this is a high-quality movie. It's a movie that I already have seen eight times this year, saw it twice in theaters before the pandemic ended, and I enjoyed it, like, the first time. Like, also, when I see Inside Out so many times, I cried, and I see it many times. It feels like the first time I see details that I didn't notice before. So that's why I chose the, to join these two movies together especially with the conclusion that I went to. Uh, plug your socials, Billy. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BeeBusterBill. All the Bs are capitalized. And you can find me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. And Raul, my co-host, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me at RaulVedorDC on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd and Stardust. And Billy, what is the 
Twitter's podcast handle? At S-Y-N-S pod. Okay. And see you next summer. Dun, 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 dun.